This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning. It is uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving, so uh, it's a short week this week, so you get uh, a lot of getting in and getting done so that you can get out and have some fun. Do you like that? Get in and get it done so you can get out and have some fun. It's great. So because, you know, Thursday is, you know, an idle day for uh, for most folks and and even the day after Thanksgiving uh, plus the weekend. So, you know, if you want to uh, be able to do all that, you've got to got to get in, get focused, you know, get your stuff done, check off your list, make sure you get all your reports in or whatever it is that you do uh that you uh, you get that done hey if you had something uh, spectacular happen or just uh something that you want to to kind of cry on our shoulder about from the weekend uh, hit us up on the eights flooring center chat line go to the double t 97.3 mobile app for that it's presented by happy state bank visual edge it hotline is open too at 806-771-0973 uh, i get this from the eights flooring center chat line i hope we're not satisfied with six and five we need to beat texas I don't think anybody's satisfied with six and five, but I think kind of where where you were to get to here um, says you know a lot about this team to be able to kind of pull itself up by the bootstraps and and get a couple of wins and and figure it out and get yourself to be bowl eligible. I don't think anybody is sitting here saying oh woohoo. I mean, Coach McGuire himself on Saturday night said that when he got this job and 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 talked to the team, he said. He said the floor, the floor for this team, this program is being bowl, bowl eligible, the floor. So mm-hmm. it's not the ceiling. So I don't think I anybody's. Sure I don't think anybody's sitting here, you know, celebrating that just that you're six and five and having to play Texas on on Saturday. I mean, it's a it's a winnable game. I mean, let's let's but let's be honest. They got a ton, ton, ton to play for, and so do you. But they have a ton, ton, ton to play for, um, and you know from. You know, playing in a conference championship game and and playing for uh, you know the opportunity to potentially be in a college football playoff and you know being a couple of wins away from you know or at least one a win away from a, a national championship game. So that's there's there's plenty on the line for them. I mean they're they are beat up, but they did come up with a victory on Saturday in Ames. Yeah, wasn't always pretty, but uh, mm-hmm. they were in control of that game for the most part yeah. the entire way. Yeah. So I I think that. Uh, I think that they've got uh, an awful lot to uh, to look at and go. Okay, yeah, we've got uh, we've got we've got plenty to play for here. Yeah, I think there'll be two motivated teams. Yeah, I think so. And you know, maybe you the, the thing that uh, and and Texas Tech is even a little bit more dinged up. Jalen Hutchings went out with a knee injury. Coach McGuire. This is Saturday, so you know now Monday this narrative may have changed a little bit. But on on Saturday night, uh, the thought was that. Uh, the 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 ACL was intact and and that they feel like that they should be able to put a brace on it this week and that he should be able to play against Texas. That that was that was Saturday. Okay, okay. so um, if something has changed on that, then that's after they've had a chance to uh, <laughs> to take a, a a bigger look at that. Um, you know, another guy that was uh, injured in the ball game was Dadrian Taylor Demerson. Uh, he he. Um, he didn't say 
he had he was dealing with a groin injury. So I don't know to the severity of the groin injury, but they they couldn't get it loosened back up. But I think the feeling was on Saturday night that he would be okay to play against Texas. Well, you could really use him. Yeah, you could really you could really use him. I mean, uh, he's just such a playmaker for this defense. Yeah, no, 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 no question. Um, and then Bryce Ramirez didn't play um, this past weekend uh, due to a, I think it was a stiff neck. And the thought is is that he will play this week, and that Jacob Rodriguez will not play to keep his red shirt intact. Okay. So he is not expected to suit up. And again, this was as of Saturday night. So um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that transpires through uh, throughout the week if, uh, if something else uh, changes. Uh, so with Hutchings out, Duda Banks comes in, and Duda Banks is the guy that put pressure on their quarterback, hit him, that caused the interception uh, of C.J. Baskerville. And Coach McGuire said after the game on Saturday night that that really gave him a little bit of extra confidence um, and I think just helped him with that extra point block um, and said, you know, his length, but just that his getting through and, and hitting the quarterback and causing that interception gave him – extra good feelings <laughs> he didn't use those words but he said gave him extra confidence and helped him uh, with that with that extra point he also said that they felt like that they were going to get a block based on their he didn't say penetration but based on kind of how things were lining up and then he he felt like that they were on the verge of blocking that field goal that hit the upright okay they, that that they came real close to blocking mm-hmm. that one um and obviously once they look at the film they, they would be able to to maybe have a little bit better analysis of that but that was um that was the thoughts um from coach mcguire on on saturday night so we'll get uh, we'll get more from him uh throughout the morning the other thing that was really really interesting to me what did you think of uh ucf's fake field goal that resulted in a touchdown no well, executed well it did i mean that yeah. was that was kind of a interesting play wasn't it? how he kind of just threw the ball up high in the air and yeah was, they stole that from lsu i don't know probably about six or eight years ago okay and the tigers ran it to perfection yeah and that was that was really cool you know, it's yeah. funny it's funny because in the post-game press conference um coach mcguire alluded that they have something similar and then he stopped himself <laughs> so so we i think we got something similar like that 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 and probably all coaches have something similar to that yeah, dialed right. up but it's but you said the like you said the execution is, is the key to that yeah early on in the game it just felt like every every button they pushed was the right one to push mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh this from uh, mark my son and i got to meet gino at the game and we were talking like we knew each other and he had a he had a nice he had a, a nice night didn't he uh with a 51 yard field goal there in the in the fourth quarter at the 613 mark that that proved to be pretty crucial uh, for the Red Raiders. You know, getting... getting Everything get, did is a one-point yeah, game. Right, right, right. <laughs> every, every point mattered, you know, when it's a one-point game. But, man, it sure didn't look very good on that 71-yard pass play. They just they got some signals miscrot, mis, mixed up there. And um, as a result, um, it... Uh, and I'll, he, he'll explain that because he was asked about that in the, in the post-game press conference. But... He did say that Chapman Lewis was where he was supposed to be, and um, that they didn't get the check right. They they called it, and they didn't get the check right. So um, as a result, that guy's 
you know, wide open and mm-hmm. going down the sideline there and, and looked like the game was getting ready to be tied up uh, with, you know, 5.30 to go in the ball game. But uh, Duda Banks had something to uh, to say about that with with regard to that. So that was uh, that was good. Uh, we got to see um, Taj Brooks's dad uh, right after the ball game uh, there on the east side and uh, had a little conversation with him. He was he was. He's pretty mild mannered, but he was pretty excited. He looks like a, a smaller version of Taj. So that's the second time after a game that I've run into him. Yeah. So that was so it was pretty that was pretty cool. And uh Braylon Lux's dad. I think he I don't know if you're like this, like with your daughter daughters. Do you do you have a tendency to kind of roam when when they're playing or do you do you do you stay stationary in the stands or kind of where you are? Do you do you kind of walk around a little bit? It depends. The, the tennis player, ro- a lot more roaming. Basketball, a lot more sitting. You're focused because you're, you're keeping some stats. Well, Bra- Braylon Lux's dad was on our row for a little bit. But I think he was kind of, I think he was moving around. <laughs> I think he was kind of moving around. But I, you can certainly understand that with, you know, sure. your kids out there playing and you're nervous for them. And, you know, it's trying to get a win and get yourself bowl eligible, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it is 6.25 this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, somebody says this, 14-point dogs in Austin. O-line has to dominate. Yeah. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. And we will have uh, Lady Raider basketball on the air for you tonight on 100.7 The Score and on 107.7 Yes FM. The uh, coverage begins at 5.30, tip time at 6. Ladies, uh, I'm going to say uh, tied a uh, national record because I bet it's happened before. I don't know the specifics on it. When they um, held Texas A&M Commerce to no points in the first quarter. I don't <clears throat> feels like that would tie a national record. <laughs> so, uh, it'll. I mean, it's one that will never be broken, so I'm sure they share it with others. Uh, they outscored them twenty-three to nothing in the first quarter. It was twenty-nine to nothing um, before it was all said and done, and uh, they finally scored. Uh, and M Commerce did with eight oh four to go in the period. Mary Delgado, you told me you uh, you and your family were uh, taking odds and had a little yeah we had bets going had a little game going on as mm-hmm. to who was going to get the first one and and uh, so that was I bet that was a little entertaining. But yeah, they, Super they, go, they go on to win it 91 to 45, did Texas Tech. They had two and double figures. Kyla Freelon had uh, 14 and 11 rebounds. And Jazz Shavers uh, also had a double double. She had 14 and 10 rebounds. When was they, the last time the Lady Raiders had two double doubles in the same game? Man, I don't know. Uh, I think it happened last year, but I, I'd, have to, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Mm. Um, off the top of my head, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Well, those two are both playing well. So, yep. so those Bailey Mop and those three, yep. those three sophomores that gives mm-hmm. you a lot of excitement or, or hope for the future. No doubt, uh, Moppin had 17 with five rebounds, and then uh, Jordan Merritt in uh, 17 minutes of play had 13 and five. Uh, she got got knocked in the head yep. and the nose. I and wish we could keep her for a couple of years boy no kidding she got knocked in the head does she have a medical red shirt we can keep her <laughs> no, for a few I, more we, reels we, because of it no they they're gonna need her later this week i mean i'm sure she'll play tonight she had a little okay. gauze in her nose but 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what the uh, what the total impact of that injury was. Play six or seven years like others have done. <laughs> sure, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Scored fifty in the paint um, and uh, twenty four off of turnovers on uh, Friday evening. Boy, it seems like uh, seems like a long time ago. Um, and so they'll play uh, UTSA tonight. Team that is three and one on the season, and they come off of a win over uh, UT Arlington on Saturday, 72-66. So I uh, look forward to that. I think what you're battling tonight is Las Vegas. You know, a lot of times right before Christmas, you're battling Santa Claus. I think tonight you, you're you going to battle Las Vegas a little bit because they'll leave for Vegas on Wednesday and play there on Friday and Saturday. So you just don't want to get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of your skis tonight. He says they like he's not going. Don't, don't, well, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, but I'm not playing tonight. Keep it about the team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just buy right into it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's that's fair to say. Just because you know there's a little bit tougher competition. Sure. Ahead of you, you're finally mm-hmm. going to play on the road mm-hmm. for the first time. So there's probably some truth to that. I, I can imagine that's what Coach Gerlich would be worried about, especially if you get out to a a big lead in the game like you have in all these other. Games and they had, so far. they had consistent scoring on uh, Friday night. I mean, they had 23 in the first, 21 in the second, 23 in the third, and 24 in the fourth. And, you know, finally outscored somebody in the second half. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it, it's been the situation where they've been turning the ball over a lot, and which has led to a bunch of empty possessions. They, they turned it over 14 times, so that was better um, than, than what they had been doing. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what, uh, what tonight brings uh, for that. Man, I'm just, uh, I was really sorry for the um, Texas Tech women's soccer team yesterday. They played their hearts out against North Carolina after winning in penalty kicks on Friday night. That was that was certainly exciting to watch. Um, sat in the arena and watched the end of that um, on uh, on Friday night. And so they win it in, in penalty kicks, and then they play North Carolina team that's just deep in tradition. I mean, they've won like 22 national championships. It's crazy craziness what they've how they've dominated that sport and it was one nothing yeah great game awesome awesome season for coach stone's team and and um man just the the atmosphere there on friday and sunday was phenomenal i mean it's just really cool and it's Mm -hmm. just something that hope that this program that's been really good for a long time i feel like they got a little bit more uh little bit more pub this year and and obviously winning a big 12 championship obviously deserving of that so hopefully this is something this program kind of builds on and we got to start to see some of this kind of stuff being the norm uh it was a 71st minute uh rocket off the foot of bell simber uh to give them a uh a berth in the quarterfinals for the 34th time in their in their history 2558 uh, watched that one uh, yesterday at the John Walker Soccer Complex. All right, uh, a couple things here from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Um, somebody wanting to know how they liked the grass that they laid here at the compound last week. As a matter of fact, I was I was looking at that yesterday. I, I came by to do a couple things, and I was looking at the grass going, that looks really good. So I think you did a great job. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's so much nicer. I think you did a great did did a great job. I was really impressed with how they were laying it and the guy rolling it and 
And then the I was jealous. I wanted to be out there helping. Did I you, like working with Zod. It's fun. Did you uh, Did you think about going out there? Did you have your your yard gloves in your car? That I you didn't. Could? I didn't. So I that's what kept you from going out. Okay. That and I didn't have any old shoes. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pepsi Man is in El Paso this morning, guys. What do you think about our new mascot? I thought that was a, a nice little thing to do. They brought in the uh, Arkansas Traveler mascot, the Possum. Uh, to make an appearance and you know wave a flag there in the south end zone and you know I had I had memories of uh, Roof Raider uh, from back in the day on the north end before we put up the uh, you know you know giant scoreboard um, thinking that that bell tower on the south end at the very top would be a good spot for you know Roof Raider in the future if they don't enclose it all in which they probably will. Were you a fan of Roof Raider or not? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I always liked, always looked liked Roof Raider. Um, somebody says another reason Texas will be motivated is what was said by the commissioner in August here in Lubbock. Yeah, no, no question. We've, we've, we've talked about that, uh, and that certainly will be uh, be a deal there. So we'll see. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I've good morning with. Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double97.3.com for that or the mobile app. Mobile app is uh, presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, thoughts also, we'll take them verbally on the uh, Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. So you can, uh, you can join us that way too, verbally. You like that? Verbally, yes. Verbally, yeah, verbally. We like that. Yeah. Uh, this the passing game has been disappointing no matter who has been quarterback due to Kitley's play calling but on the other hand he's having to call plays that his players can handle okay. uh, I think I mean part of it is the about the uh, style of offense that you're running and you've relied so much on the run game because that's what you do best mm-hmm. right so I, I don't think the numbers by your quarterbacks have been amazing by any stretch of the imagination uh, and, and I do think the the injuries have have factored into you not being as aired all out as as much as you have been in years past. But um, and so so they've kept those offensive those quarterback numbers down a little bit. But man, I think you've had a really disappointing wide receiver core uh, this year mm-hmm. performance. If if I'm being honest, and mm-hmm. I think that's factored in as well. Uh, this, hey Jeff, I hear your frustration. Can we just modify that to say the offense has been disappointing? I don't think Morton has been the reason. If anything, Morton may be second best only to Taj Brooks, the man. I would agree the offense has been painful to watch. Morton, the quarterback, has been solid except for getting injured, missing the second half at K-State and BYU. Offensive line is good in the run game. Passing has been below expectations. I love our Big 12 record. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Uh, let's hear from Joey McGuire. Uh, he was asked about Baron Morton's performance after the game on Saturday. A really good job of uh, our RPOs. We tried to come up with some, uh, you know, some stuff that we could get in rhythm, you know, to make him really comfortable early in the game. Um, but man, he, guy, he did a he did a great job. I mean, we had a long run that he checked to that we had a pass play, and then uh, right there at the end. You know, they were playing off, and we had a run play call. He checked to Coy on a hitch. You know, and Coy, that's, he's been so, you know, he's Mr. You know, consistency and, and has done a great job. And so, yeah, I thought Barron, you know, had a good night. Um, 
you know, the one turnover, I mean, the receiver's there. He just kind of throws it behind the receiver. Wished he would have got out in front of him because it was fixed to be a big play. But, you know, I, I think um, you could tell with some of his throws that he's getting more and more healthy. Speaking of uh, Quake, and he had uh, four receptions for 41 yards. Stray McRae had four for 55 yards. Xavier White had three for 77 and one on, for 49. You know, Jimmy, yeah, I mean. Massive drop. Yeah. Um, that 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 play there, the your first drive, it's uh, it's second and five from your own 35, and they go deep to Xavier White for 49 yards. Ended up not scoring on that. You got it down to the two-yard line, and um, you uh, you weren't able to, to convert and had to uh, turn it over on downs. Did but, we get that far down? Did the hang two? On. I was thinking we were just inside. I'm the sorry. 10. I'm sorry. Sorry. You're right. We were. It was fourth and two at the eight. Fourth and yeah. two at the eight. Um, but what what I was going to say is is that 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 was the deepest ball I think he threw all night. Okay. And I, I, I kind of thought at the moment, it's like, oh, wow, maybe his arm's better than I thought. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe they had nothing to do, maybe none of that had nothing to do with anything. But I, I, I don't really recall trying to to go deep the rest of the evening um, would, like that. I would agree with that. You know, so maybe that was the... But I don't know what to take away from that. Yeah, though. I don't either. I don't know if it was if it was what the offense or the, what the defense wasn't giving you or was giving you or, or what, but, I, you know... You, you went to a lot of different guys. I mean, you had, you know, three guys with four catches and two guys with three catches. Um, you know, Jordan Brown had, Man, had four just, for 30. Just, just think about how different <laughs> Texas Tech football is mm-hmm. when you're saying, hey, you had three guys with four catches I know, and two right. with three. That's exciting. I know. You used to be I able mean, to say six or seven. Crabtree would have 16 in one game yeah, or right. whatever. Right. No. No, 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 no question. No, no question. I mean, you. Yeah, you I, go. I, I thought Barron did a terrific job. I mean, like especially on the TD pass to Mason Tharp, but keeping plays alive in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he used his feet well. You know, you think about a quarterback with good pocket presence, and sometimes you think about them knowing when to tuck and run. Well, I, I just thought he stayed alive in the pocket well the other day or on Saturday. And, um, kept plays alive back there, kind of like Mahomes would like to do. I mean, Patrick could run, but. He just wanted to get outside the pocket and let something else develop and throw it down the field. And, um, you know, I, I thought Barron did a good job of that on Saturday. You know, the, just uh, not throwing deep down the field. Yeah. And then on your second drive, you're also, you know, stopped on, on fourth and four. I, I really felt that second drive that was at the uh, Central Florida 30, I thought you should have kicked field goal there. That should have taken points there. I was fine. Okay. <clears throat> going for it. I think I, I thought Xavier should have caught the ball. That's what I thought. Um, he, yeah, Xavier should have caught the ball on third and four. It was uh, incomplete to him. And then on fourth and four, it was incomplete to Duran Bradley. Yeah. See, that was my most frustrating throw of the night. Okay. First off, Bradley, you, you want to know why Duran Bradley's struggling? I mean, he can't get off press coverage. He can't get off the line of scrimmage. Right, he's he's not physical enough. These wide receivers are, or excuse me, these defensive backs are punking him out there. I mean, he can't get off the line. Uh, to me, that's the biggest issue with him, and that's exactly what happened on that play. Yet Barron goes to him. Look, I mean, looks for all the world like if he catches it, he's still going to be two yards short on fourth down. Mm-hmm. You got you got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a problem. I mean, the biggest issue is Bradley not being able to get off the line and even 
create any kind of separation from the defensive back. Yeah, Barron clearly was thinking, I'm going there, keyed on him, stayed on him the whole time. Um, that that play was just ugly all over the place from the wide receiver and the quarterback. He was targeted three times. He had one reception for eight yards. Um, and it was five yards after the catch, just, just to speak to your point right there. So basically he caught it three yards past the line of scrimmage and went five additional yards. And he caught he caught one ball on the night. Morton was 21 of 34 uh, with an interception, had two touchdowns. Went for 256 yards and 49 of them on that one play there to uh, Xavier White. So that kind of uh, tells you a little bit about that uh, um, that performance on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, the other thing that really stood out to me was what you did right before the half, as uh, you got a, a nice goal line stand on them Massive. and, and uh, forced them to uh, go into the halftime tied at 38. Here's uh, Coach Joy McGuire on UCF not scoring before the half. Yeah, that was huge. You know, there was uh, they they were down there. I think they ended up getting it down to the two, and and we were able to make a play for them not to get in, and the clock ran out. Um, and so it was, uh, I think, going in at halftime, being 14-14, especially the way we played in the first quarter defensively. And then, you know, the other thing, I mean, you know, we our first two drives, we go right down the field, and you know, can't convert on fourth down. Um, and so I think it was uh, able for us to catch our breath and really think. I mean, I know it's cliche, but people say zero zero being tied fourteen to fourteen. It kind of started the game all the way back over. You know, if you look just at the first quarter stats for UCF, they got one hundred and eighty-eight, Jimmy, of four hundred eighty-six of their total yards in the first quarter. They had a huge first quarter. I mean, mm-hmm. they ran 25 plays. And that got, first drive was impressive, man. It they, was. They pulled all the stops out, and it was really cool. I mean, <clears throat> the quarterback jump pass two mm-hmm. times was right. really, I mean, really creative mm-hmm. and, and good stuff. I, you, as much as I hated it for the Red Raiders, you had to go, okay, man, tip of the cap there. That was that was good. Just the question was, okay, you're going to be able to sustain this kind of stuff. And, you know, people – I know on the chat line we're frustrated with our defense, and uh, and I just thought to myself, uh, we've we've seen them the D make adjustments all season long. They'll 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 figure some things out, and things will change. And sure enough, it did. Yeah, thirty nine percent of their offense was in the first quarter, so you figured it out and held them to just nine points the rest of the way. So that was uh, that was a good performance there by the defense from second quarter on. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. All right, I'm going to go right where you just left off there, Chuck Hines. Okay. I really haven't said the B word very much. Mm-hmm. Because um, there obviously were were serious doubts mm-hmm. of whether you were going to get to go to a bowl game or not. Sure. But you are now bowl eligible. And something I haven't looked at all season long before this weekend, bowl projections okay. are out there as well. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, when you start the season one and three, you just kind of blank those, block those out. You right. know, you mm-hmm. see those come up in your Twitter feed and you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. <clears throat> So I'm going to ask you guys, it looks like uh, all the proje- projections have the Red Raiders playing in either the Independence Bowl on the 16th or the First Responders Bowl there on the 26th and Fort Worth, Independence Bowl being in Shreveport. 
and the other one again in Fort Worth, the first responders bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, my question is, which which place would you rather have the Red Raiders go play? Well, the later the better, um, primarily because it it depends on how you want to look at this bowl situation. If you want to look at the bowl situation and let your guys that are going to sign early participate in the bowl practices, then they've got to be able to sign so that they can participate in the bowl practice, or at least some of them. So if the Independence Bowl, I believe, is on December the 16th, which is before the early signing period, which would keep anybody like that from being able to to practice. Um, the, the first responders, well, is it in Fort Worth? Is that right? Correct. Okay. So would you rather go to Shreveport and, and – um, and kind of do something a little bit different, or would you rather be right there in your back backyard? The the problem with December the twenty sixth is what takes place on December the twenty fifth is what what kind of attendance are you going to have? Are you, now you could make a day trip, you know, you could leave here in the morning, go to the bowl game, and come back. Doesn't uh, necessarily help the hotelers um, there in uh, in 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 Fort Worth. So I'm I'm going to say this. I'm going to say. Independence Bowl, that way you can, even though that they want to have some of the early signing kids participate in bowl practices, I think maybe be a little bit more fun experience for everybody to go to the Independence Bowl. It would be probably more convenient for people here to go to the First Responders Bowl. It just doesn't seem as sexy. It was a long-winded response. For for all the reasons that, that Chuck just brought up, and he brought up a bunch that are they're right along the place where I'm thinking. For a completely selfish reason, I want them playing on the 26th specifically so they can win because I need that for this day in sports history on the 26th because that's one of four days I don't have, three days I don't have. (laughs) And pretty Texas Tech history because you do not have Texas Tech winning The 24th, 25th, or 26th are three days I do not have. Have them winning anything. I don't have, well, I've given up on the 25th. I don't. I don't ever expect them to play on Christmas Day unless there's some random basketball well, they, game. They played on Christmas Day. The, the and Sun Bowl. lost. Yeah, and lost. And to I Oklahoma. Need <laughs> yeah, you need to win. We don't talk about losses in this day in sports history. Okay. Not unless it's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws for 87 touchdowns. That, mm-hmm. That's what it would take to talk about a loss. Wow, 87. That's, that's a lot. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of different re- ways to look at this and mm-hmm. for fans or for players or, you know, depending on who you're or for guys looking for this day in sports history tidbits. I mean, there's plenty of different ways to look at it. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, Chuck, the, the, my care of whether or not early enrollees can sign, can practice is not real. It's non-existent as far as how high that is on my list. I understand that. I mean, that's yeah, just that's just, just that's they they have brought that up. Coach McGuire has brought that up. That's fine. That's um, fine. I get it. I just I I I'm worried more about the guys that are going to play in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, not the early enrollees. I understand. I mean, they just yeah, look at the extra practices and what they can do for development and things like that. Really, is that going to do much? I'm just say, I'm yeah. just saying that those those yeah. 15 practices they they value those and they yeah for just, the guys getting ready for the game yes well but I and again for the guys that haven't gotten to play a whole lot and they, there'll be some of that that will take place as well I mean it, again I'm just I'm just repeating what was yeah. what was said but then if, the best part about I'm, I didn't ask for their opinion I want yeah. your opinion <gasps> that's what I'm saying I'm going I'm going for the December the 16th get yeah. it, to not mess with Christmas I. 
That way, that way, it stays I, out of the way of Christmas. I I love it the the sixteenth for the players mm-hmm. because I feel like they get to play in a bowl game, they get to finish things up, and they get to go have a real Christmas break. Yeah, you know that our that right. our football team doesn't usually get to have. And and coaches, well, coaches too, because the early signing period is December the twentieth this year. So it, and then after that, I think there's a probably a. A, a darkness period, you know, for from yeah. a recruiting standpoint, yeah, just to kind of help these guys for, help themselves. I love it for the team. Uh, I also the the thought of going to Fort Worth. Our team goes to the Metroplex um, and plays in Fort Worth, you know, every other year and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. So I just say take the team somewhere different. So my, yeah. my vote would be the Independence Bowl. Okay. Obviously, once we saw who the matchup was, that would could swing my decision there. Mm-hmm. Could could swing which which way I want them to go because if it was a you know, a power five bigger name that was playing in the uh, that would be the matchup in the first responders bowl. Maybe I would maybe that would change my mind. Okay. You know, um, but I just like it for the players and the coaches that they would get to have a somewhat normal Christmas break that they mm-hmm. never get to have. Yeah. So I, I like the December sixteenth thing. I uh, I had conversation with the uh, independent school bowl guy that was here. His name is uh, Eric Berkeley. He was a really nice fella. He's a uh, He's been a volunteer uh, for that Independence Bowl for a long time. He he told me at you were so jealous of his jacket, weren't you? Um, he had like a really prestigious it, looking jacket. It, 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 he he, had was, a, he, he had was standing a, behind me in in this in the press box for a little bit watching the game. Mm-hmm. It's a I, pretty I, big jacket. It must be a really important. Well, it had person. a it had a you know had the had a little deal on there and and. Um, I thought that was I thought it was pretty you know pretty cool. But he he told me at one point in time he was a player uh, in the Independence Bowl and he had the Independence Bowl record for interceptions by a quarterback that has now since been broken. Okay. <laughs> but he seemed like a he seemed like a really nice fella. Um, somebody says this first responders bowl is in Dallas at SMU. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember which one okay. it was. So it's kind of all the same to me. Yeah, yeah, it's metro, that's metroplex. my bad. That's Metro, my bad. Metroplex, That's, but yeah. still, the bottom line is, I mean, it'd be easy to get there if you wanted to go there on December the 26th. And, and Shreveport's not that much. I mean, Shreveport's two hours from now. Right. And yeah. so, the, right now, the the projection there is uh, for, for Texas Tech and the Independence Bowl by, by some. But. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Jamie Lynn, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today. Thanks for spending a part of your day with us. We're here until nine o'clock. We come to you from the First United Bank studio and uh, anxiously await your communiques on the Yates Flooring Center chat line or the Visual Edge IT hotline. Man, it was, uh, I, I thought the atmosphere Saturday was really good. Um, I was going to be curious as to the, the student crowd. I think we talked about that a little bit on Optimum Game Day Live on uh, on Saturday. Uh, they, they hung in there and I'll say this about the students this year and we sit we sit right by them. We sit just just a few steps away from where they go down and, and all sit. And uh, and I, I can't tell you how many stayed the whole game for every game, but it it wasn't the noticeable clear out that we've had in some years, you know, at halftime or whatever. So, um, and it looked... I think that's been that way all season long. Yeah, I, that's I what I'm think, saying. I don't think we've been a halftime leaving team or no, crowd all year no, long. So that, no. that's been a positive... Uh, this season, I feel like. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing too is is that um, I thought I thought I thought the the game atmosphere was really good. Uh, enjoyed the flyover, the T thirty eights. That was awesome. Um, 
like the possum thing. That was kind of cute um, that they brought in the Arkansas Travelers mascot. Um, and I, I said this after the game. Um, and uh, I said this after the game that it looked brighter to me on Saturday. But it's it's been the it's been that same brightness apparently all season long. But it just but the new lights and we talked about this at the start of the year have have made a significant difference on the east side. Um, and I I love it when they go kind of all red in the third quarter. That's that's been that's been fun and people turn on their flashlights on their cell phone and things like that. I think that's been I think that's been a good a new addition to uh, to what's going to happen uh, what happens there in the in the games itself. Um, I'm anxious to see what the uh, the end zone is going to look like when it's all said and done, and how that affects the sound and you know the kicks and everything like that. I think that'll be I think that'll be fun. They're gonna they're gonna start tearing out uh, the northeast corner of the stadium. They're gonna build another ramp and they're gonna put the visiting team's locker rooms at that end. Um, so that'll that'll start to take place pretty pronto. And then I think a week from today. They start tearing down the football training facility, and they're going to move uh, the football coaches into the west side suites. So, be a lot of moving parts going on over there. And they get that thing, get that thing to. I'm sure they'll find a spot for him to sit down and <laughs> hang his hat, watch some um, some video, some tape, mm-hmm. figure out which recruits to bring in here next. Well, I think they're. I think they've got a pretty good list. Uh, it was fun to see Josh Young at the game too. He got a nice, got a nice roar. Uh, he he was he was ringing, banging Bertha, and then they then they introduced him as well. So I thought that was thought that was really cool uh, that he was uh, that he was recognized. I know Josh lives here and is probably relative available, but he's a world champ now, so he's got he's probably a busy guy. Did you have any chance to talk to him at all? I did. Any did. any tidbits that you can share with us about about <clears throat> Josh? Is he anything that that stood out to you? Uh, no, I talked with him and Jace for I don't know two minutes, maybe two minutes, okay. two minutes, and you know didn't wear him out. And just said hey, told him it was good to see him, and okay, they were with some friends, and they moved on their way. I, I said I don't want to keep you guys, so good to see. Folk don't feel like obligated to stand here and chat with me, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually the same thing you say to people, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had uh, I had lots of conversations with people at the Double T nine seven three Coors Light post game show at the Overton on Saturday. Man, the place was rocking again after the ball game, and uh, had some good conversation with some fellows from the, the Dallas area. Who, one of whom listens to us on the Double T nine seven three mobile app, and he, one of his buddies, is now he's he's downloaded the app, and he's gonna. He's going to listen to our fine broadcasts of, of things on uh, Double T 97.3. So that's that was pretty cool. Um, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun uh, Saturday night um, at the Overton. That's good. So the co- topic of conversation was any of it like any of the games in the Big Twelve surprise you this weekend? <laughs> no. Was that the conversation? No. No. <laughs> no. Man, BYU should have won that game against Oklahoma. Yeah, they probably probably and should have the pick six there at the end zone at the goal line, mm-hmm. a fourteen point play, just just a massive play in that game. Yeah, massive play. And you you talked about that on yeah on game day on on uh, I think on Saturday. Besides our game, I thought the Kansas State and Kansas game was probably the 
most entertaining of the okay. weekend. I saw maybe a minute of that game, like the last maybe the last minute. That I've had a number of people tell me they watched that game. It was two ranked teams. K State won for the fifteenth straight time over Kansas, uh, okay. 30, 31 twenty seven. Yeah, Kansas held the lead much of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, After Houston got out to a quick start against Oklahoma State, I was hoping we were going to get an upset there. Did not. But that did not happen. The, the yeah. Cowboys put it on them late. Yeah. Really dominated that game. Texas and Iowa State, pretty pedestrian, kind of boring game for the most part. Mm-hmm. Texas in control the whole way. 26-16 was the final there. Mm-hmm. Baylor, TCU, I didn't see any of that one. And TCU just blew out Baylor 42-17. So, Chuck, we've got eight teams... Mm-hmm. now that have qualified for a bowl game. Okay. Right? Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Kansas State, West Virginia, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Kansas mm-hmm. have all qualified for a bowl game. Okay. Man, love seeing that 5-3 and three conference record for your Red Raiders. No question. I mean, and would be great to get it to 6-3. and three. It would be awesome to get you know. it to six and three. And so you, you have TCU, BYU, and UCF all mm-hmm. at five and six have a shot this weekend. Mm-hmm. But I think UCF's really the only one that has a good shot. They're playing Houston this weekend. TCU is playing at Oklahoma this weekend, and BYU is playing at Oklahoma State. Obviously, the Cowboys have a lot to play for in that one. Mm-hmm. And then same thing goes for the Sooners with TCU. You know, Oklahoma needs help, but they're still holding out hope that they could get into the conference championship game. So, and I they think, also play Friday. So, I mean, they've got to set the tone early to force Oklahoma State's hand. Like, it, yeah. that could determine how Oklahoma State. Like, if mm-hmm. let's just say TCU <clears throat> pulls the upset, that changes what Oklahoma State's mindset is in that game. Oh. Well, now, now we're not keeping pace. Now all we do is just take care of business. We can relax a little. It's not a mm-hmm. uh, we've got to keep up to get back ahead. Sure. So it looks like my guess is the conference is going to end up with nine out of their 14 teams bowl eligible. Okay. Uh, and and looks like Dana Holgerson's going to be back. That's what the owner of the uh, Houston Cougars said, Tillman Fertitta. He said that uh, he he's was going to be back. He's the owner? <laughs> I was, I'm being facetious oh, there. Okay. What is that? He's donated an awful lot of money, so I think he feels like he owns this, the university. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.